0: All right, let's turn to Luke 12. Can you turn the, can you put the verse up? Luke 12:15 It says, I put up two translations there. I just want you to see the difference. They're actually essentially the same, but I'm going to read the New American Standard Version, the Bible, which is really the Bible that I read. Nothing against ESB. That's the Bible I read. But he said to them, beware and be on your guard against every form of greed, for not even when one is affluent does his life consist of his possessions. True? Luke 12, 15 ESV, it says, and he said to them, take care and be on your guard against all covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. So just that word greed can be translated as coveting. Lord, fill this mouth with your authority and power to speak, to break any form of greed in our hearts. Jesus' name. And I prayed that because I feel like most people, if I told them you're struggling with the sin of greed, they would say, no, I'm, I'm not sure about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Amen? Mm-hmm. It says be on your guard. See to it that you're on watch. When we talk about sexual immorality, or things that are obvious, like murder, it says, "Flee from that." Because you can see it very clearly. You see a naked woman and the naked woman's like, "Come to me, you just flee." <laughs> Amen. You never have to tell somebody they're committing an adultery. You never have to to tell somebody, you guys need to, every time I mention something like this, you're all giggly. (laughs) You never have to tell somebody who's committing adultery that, hey, dude, you're committing adultery. Isn't that true? Because it's obvious, like, you don't commit adultery and go, wow, did I just commit adultery? No, you were sleeping with another woman you know what you're doing does that make sense Um, that's why it says flee because you can see it right there but it says be aware of greed be on watch see to it. take care that's what it says take care and so that word take care in the greek is to make appearance or make visible. So what that means is when it says take care and be on watch, it means expose that greed intentionally. I don't know if you... (laughs) Expose that sin intentionally because it's hidden and it doesn't want to come out because that covetousness, that greed, is going to separate you from the love of God. Because greed is your um, surrender to another form of love. And uh, greed and coveting is you saying to God, I don't trust you. I trust this. And the moment you start to get greedy and covet, it means that I am not satisfied with the things that God has given me. I'm going to talk about that. Because greed... Hides. (sighs) hides. Right? <sighs> the word for greediness or covetousness in the Greek also could mean something that one feels forced to do. So it's like coveting is Greeding is like greed, so the opposite of greed is giving. And so when you're giving, you feel forced to give. So when you're tithing and you're giving and you feel forced to tithe, that's why we have a whole theology in our Christendom that makes us us feel like we don't have to force people to tithe. You can just give whatever you want, which is not actually even biblical. Because it's giving into your greed. That's why I have a problem with churches that tell people, you don't have to give whatever fe- you feel like. It's actually not biblical at all. But it's placating people's covetedness and greed. That's why the Bible says, 2 Corinthians 9, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. And that God loves a what? Cheerful giver. Well, it's not just like, I'm so cheerful. It means that cheerfulness is fighting against your greed. You guys. That word sufficiency, it means sufficient. You have everything you need. God doesn't give you everything you want in that season, but he'll give you everything you need. When you are in the desert period of your life and you are not abundant, it doesn't mean that God has reneged on his promises. It means that he's waiting for the abundance to be released to you when you are ready, when you are happy in your sufficiency. Can I hear somebody say amen to that? So so being content in lack is preparation for abundance. Abundance is not like like disqualified in your life because you are in lack. The lack is a test to test your dependency on God. That's why the Israelites were in the desert and they had everything they needed, not everything they wanted. Amen? So if you can't Be content in just the needs that God has provided for you. How many guys are actually in need of anything? I don't know. Is there anybody in need of something right now? Think of something that you need right now. I bet you it's not what you need, it's what you want. Amen? You You guys have anything in need? It's what you want. Can I just hear an amen? amen. I, need, I, I need a car. No, you, that's what you want. I need a better car. No, that's what you want. I need a better job. No, that's what you want. I need better children. No, that's what you want. I need a better apartment. No, that's, I need a better house. That's what you want. Everything that you think you need is what you want. You're living in the top 10% of the world. Come on. I'll tell you, you go somewhere like Africa and you'll know what you, what is needed. You don't need anything. You are here breathing, living, we're living, we don't need anything. We don't need all like equipment. We don't need any of this to worship God. Do you understand? I remember one time I was preaching in Africa with a mic and I was like preaching and the rains were coming down on the metal roof and I couldn't even hear myself and I just threw the mic and I just, because the mic was just broken anyway and I just yelled at the top of their lungs, I was yelling so people can hear me. You don't need anything and they still got blessed. Do you, do you understand? So many times we confuse our need and wants and that's coveting. And that coveting will prevent you from going into the promises of abundance because when you covet, you'll get what you want. And if you actually get what you want, you may be outside of God's blessing. Just because you get what you want and they're like, look at those unscrupulous people. They're, they're rich and they got what they want because they work for it and they've toiled and they've saved and they're all... Because money is their God. And if they get what they want, maybe God is saying... Hey, that's the consequences of your independent leaving. And you will see what they become. Oh, I don't know if you guys... You guys following what I'm saying? So your giving is your contrarian act against the very soul that wants to separate you from the goodness of God. That's why when I give... It's I give cheerfully because I know it's my fight against the thing that's inside of me. I'm exposing it. You guys following what I'm saying? I am intentionally and purposely exposing it. When I feel greedy, I become generous. It's not because I'm generous, I'm generous. It's because I'm greedy, I'm generous. Oh, I feel greedy today. Man, I got to buy somebody lunch. That's, gen- that's the good fight. People are like, oh, you're so generous. No, it's because I'm greedy I'm generous. <laughs> Jessica's, oh, that's why you're so generous to me. <laughs> She's looking at me like, oh, that's why you buy me dinner, because you're greedy. Because I know what's inside of me. Do you understand? I am intentionally exposing that part. Because I want to get rid of that as fast as I can so that I can get into abundance I want the lord to trust me with 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 abundance so that I can give it away to the world but I'm not there yet I still have greed I still want things I still I confuse want with need I keep saying I need that it was just when I want that I need some new shoes I want that Do, do you do you understand Oh, I need a new bag for Africa. I was like, oh, I would have a new hiking bag for Africa. No, no, I don't need that at all. I don't need that at all. I can just take a garbage bag. You understand? I don't need. There's people who just, I don't need anything. I don't need anything. I just don't even, I don't, guys, you guys understand what I'm saying. I want to get to abundance, people. Because, because your contentment is preparation for abundance. And it's, it's actually very selfish to not want abundance. It's very selfish, and it's a deception to not want the abundance of God, because all you think, all you, all you care about, if you're just thinking, I'm just pious, and I, I, don't need money, I don't, you know, the opposite extreme is, you know, instead of entitlement, it's like I don't need money, I'm holy, I don't need. That's that's the poverty spirit. That also is very selfish. Both are selfish. Because you're all you do is thinking about yourself. How I'm so holy. I'm not bound by money. Who cares? You're not helping anybody. <laughs> Who cares if you're an Africa and there's people hungry and you're like, at least I'm not bound by greed. No, no, I wish I had all the abundance so I can feed those people. It's selfish. <sighs> there's two errors. When we talk about money, it's the prosperity gospel and the poverty gospel. It's two extremes. Both are wrong. The prover- prosperity gospel says, on the one hand, if I have faith, I'll have money. And God will bless me because I'm a child of God, and I did the principles of God, and it's very transactional. If I do this, God will do this. You guys know the prosperity gospel, that's error. We're not into the prosperity gospel. Because there's mysteries of God and God doesn't work like that. He's not Shaw and Demand. He's not McDonald's. He's not a vendor. You don't put a coin in and something comes out. We don't do that. He's the God of the universe. We just obey and we trust the principles of God and His sovereignty and His timing. He will do what He promised. Amen? But the poverty gospel is also about me, 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 me. If I have faith... If I believe in God, I should be poor. I don't want to be bound by money. No, it's the, it's the love of money. Both make money an idol or powerful in their lives. This person says, I'm, not, I'm so weak. Money is going to corrupt me, so i got to get away from money. This person is like, no, money is a tool, and then God wants to bless me, so I want money, but both, of it, both extremes are about me, myself, and I. It's about me myself and I. It's never about the person or the people that God wants you to bless. That's the spirit of poverty. You can be very rich and still be in a spirit of poverty. You know where the spirit of poverty came from? St. Francis of Assisi. You know the Catholic the vows of chastity. I'm not going to have sex. I didn't hear no go go. As soon as I mentioned the word sex, people are like, mm-hmm. "You guys need to <laughs> no, no, no sexual, con- no sexual intimacy with anybody. I'm gonna have a vow of chastity and vow of poverty." Mm-hmm. So they got so for us Protestants, we got rid of the vow of chastity. Thank God. Now I'm married to my wife. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Hey, thank you for that one person. <laughs> But unfortunately, even in our Protestant circles, we still kept the spirit of poverty. It's a reaction to the corruption in Christendom that the, Christian, the world, Christian world at that time was saying was like acting like you know they were so let me just you want to give this a little history in the Middle Ages? The monastic movement, like St. Francis. St. Anthony, the Benedictines, all of them came out of a reaction to the church that was corrupt at that time. As soon as, and as soon as the Roman Empire became a Christian empire, the church became corrupt. That's why we have the separation of state and church. Because the church co-opted with the government and started to position themselves in power and these churches started to own land and buildings and started to get powerful and these priests and powerful people started to give out lands to their cousins and nephews and made them priests and then so the church became corrupt and so these pure God loving people said this is corrupt and instead of changing the system within they went out into the desert and said we are going to escape which is unbiblical and, that, and then they were all by themselves, St. Anthony, in, in the desert by himself, and then he realized, oh, it's lonely out here. So he brought people, and that's how he created the monastic movement. And then in that monastic movement, they reacted against the dark forces of the church, and they said, vows of chastity, because we see that there's corruption in their sexual liberties. Vows of poverty, I see that money is corrupting them. Do you, do you understand? Whenever you re- re- react, it's never proacting. And it's, usually you're in error as well. Reaction is also an error to an error. I don't know if somebody's following what I'm saying. Amen? That's where it comes in. We need to get rid of that. We need to get rid of that. that That poverty spirit, that that God is cheap, and he is like a miser, and he's not going to take care of me. That's where the poverty spirit comes in. And so the people are like, I'm going to take care of myself. I don't need, you know what, God's not going to take care of me. He just, he doesn't give me anything I want when he gives you everything you need. And they don't trust him for the abundance. You guys following How many of you guys know God is not cheap? Mm-hmm. My dad was cheap. He was a, he was a miser. <laughs> he spent hours upon hours trying to buy one thing, and it was only like $2. <laughs> and I said, Dad, you're, you're, wasting your, you're wasting your time trying to look for that bargain, and you just wasted two hours for like that $2 item. And you went from place to place to buy that one thing. And then you just, is that what you're worth? One dollar an hour? (laughs) I don't waste time like that. Like, I'm worth more than a dollar an hour. You just, two hours going two dollars. And then that thing is so cheap that it broke down in a week. And then you have to buy another one. And then you keep buying it. he's so happy to keep buying the same thing. (laughs) Over and over again. And then after like two years, you'd already spent $200. You should have just spent $200 in the first place. And you could have had a good thing. But he never listened to me. He's cheap. And sometimes we think God is cheap withholding things from us when he's withholding things for you. You guys know that, right? When he's withholding things, he's doing it for you. He's not withholding it from you. Mm -hmm. He's doing it for you so that you're prepared to handle the responsibility of a grown, mature son and daughter. Amen? That's why if you are cheap, then the fight inside of you is to lean towards generosity. Is to lean towards extravagance. I don't know, this is this getting through to you? So the state of being poor or needy is not a state of being in need, it's a state of wanting. Wanting, which is the opposite of contentment. And we're sl- enslaved by our wants. Do you guys know your wants enslave you? Because you want, you want, and then you buy, you buy, and then you get enslaved by the Babylonian system of money. Be careful what you think you need when it's just what you want. That's the root of all sin. Adam and Eve in paradise. Adam and Eve decided, we're in paradise, but this isn't good enough for us. They're saying, they're thinking, I bet that other tree is better. I bet that other tree, I I bet that other fruit tastes better. They were in perfection and they thought perfection wasn't good enough. They were in the presence of God. The presence of God was not good enough. And that's when danger happens, when the presence of God is not good enough for you. Fallen people, sinful people, are takers. Redeemed people are givers. God is a giver because he has no needs. Unless you think God has a need. (laughs) He, He needs me. God needs me. God needs my work. He needs me. No, he wants you. He wants to work through you, but he doesn't need you. He can get somebody else. He can get a donkey to prophesy. <laughs> he needs me to speak to people. He doesn't need, he doesn't need you. He can, get, he can get a dog to bark, 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 and people get saved. Do you understand? He's the God of the universe. <laughs> that is the Bible. The rocks will cry out and worship to God if you don't cry out. Amen? Yeah. He doesn't need you. He's the all-sufficient God. He is sufficient by himself. Yeah. So uh, there's, he, he is in need of nothing. But he wants you. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. So if you are in that fallen nature, that fallen sinful nature is always taking because you think you're always in that need. I need this. I need this. I need this. I want in you confuse want for need. When God is a giver and He provides everything you need. And so in the desert period, when you are lacking, God is changing your wants to the things of this world to God. You guys understanding? That's what the desert actually means in the Hebrew, kenosis, is the emptying. Desert is the place where you empty your desires for the things of this world, for the things of God. And it's when you don't have things and you think you want that and you're saying to God, I need that. I need a husband. I need a wife. I need a child. I need a car. I need a house. You don't need all of that. You want that, and he will give you that in time. But in that place of lack is the greatest opportunity for you to say, no, I don't, I don't need any of that, and I have everything I need, and really what I really want is you. That's the desert. If you can get there, you can traverse the desert real quick. Get to the promised land. But if you're struggling, like, complaining, and so that's the opposite in the desert. You're complaining and bitter, and you're like, how come I don't have this? How come? That's what coveting does. If you're coveting and you don't have this, that's when you complain. And you are not thankful. And all you say is, how are you doing? Oh, man, I wish I had a better job. How are you doing? Oh, man, my living conditions are not good. Where do you live? In a condo in Burnaby, but it's so tiny. (laughs) You guys know what I'm talking about. Can I hear an amen? Yeah. How you doing? Oh, my car's breaking down, it's an old BMW. Oh, I see. Oh, yeah, yeah, my shoes are running out, yeah. How much did you pay for them? Oh yeah, I paid like $500 and I could see the toll thing. Oh man, I just I gotta get some new shoes. You guys, I'm just exaggerating a little, but not really. I've never had anyone come up to me and repent of greed. 25 years of ministry. I've had people come up to me, and I'm like, I'm struggling, with, I'm struggling with porn. I feel like I'm gonna cheat on my wife, help me. Let's pray, keep you accountable. Do you understand? I got anger issues, I almost got into a fight. Can you help me with my anger issues? You understand? Because it's so evident. Never had anyone come to me and go, Pastor, I need to talk to you. I'm struggling with greed. And it's ruining my life. Not once in 24 years. Not one time. And people complain. And they're, they're like, and I, I, I just tell them, because you're greedy. I'm not greedy. I'm frugal. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. I keep I keep tab of every single penny. Because I, so I said, well, that's because money is your god. You should be good stewards of your money, but if you're counting because money is your god, then that's a problem. That's a that's. A, so there's two extremes. The Epicurean extreme is like the world. There's no hope. I'm just gonna live it up right now. Credit cards, credit cards. I'm just gonna live it up. I'm gonna buy whatever I want. That's the. One extreme, and the other extreme is like, I have no hope. I'm gonna be so tight with my money. We gotta save every bit. If we're ever gonna buy a little condo in Vancouver, we better save every bit. (laughs) Do you understand? Both are errors. That's because you have no hope in God. (laughs) When you have hope in God, money is just a tool, and you just obey. And you obey whatever God wants you to do with that money. Even if it's the last thousand dollars you got, when we went to a conference, I felt like the Lord say. Somebody said to me, somebody at the conference said, I feel like there's an open heaven for you know God wants to bless you with land and house. And I went, I looked at my wife, yes, we take it, we take it, God. And then they said, you gotta sow into it. I'm like, no, I don't want to sow into it. I got no money right now. And then, and then my wife's like, we better sow into it. And we pr- we were like praying. And I didn't want to pray at all because I didn't want to close. I didn't want to hear the Lord say anything about anything. We went spend money to go to that conference. And I was mad that they were taking another offering. And I knew the the mentor was holding the conference. I was going to tell him, like, do you really need to have another offering every night on top of the... I was going to say it nicely. (laughs) My wife's like, let's pray, let's pray. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. Why is my wife so holy? We prayed, and then I was afraid. I said, if we have the same number, it's God. Mm. But if it's, we don't have the same number, it's like, it's not God. Forget it. Don't worry. <laughs> she said, 1,000. And I said, that's the same number. <laughs> Why? I was hoping if I did high, she said low, you know. <laughs> so we gave a 1,000. Probably all that we had. It doesn't mean that next year we bought the house. It means that within time, (laughs) we were able to purchase a house, a townhouse, a leaky condo townhouse that was being fixed. We bought it at cheap for 242 in Vancouver, 1800 square foot. Any real estate agents there? That is unheard of, 1800 square foot in Vancouver. Three-level townhouse we bought for 242 and sold it for 350 and so on and so on. and so on. <laughs> that $1,000 multiply hundreds of thousands. Do you understand? Not in my timing, in God's timing. It's my trust and dependence on. It. It's me thankful, thankful that I even had a thousand to give you. I'm thankful, God, even though I don't feel thankful. I can control my mouth. Mm-hmm. Even if feelings do not master me, stupid feelings. <laughs> Shut up. Do you understand? You know that if you just tell your, I don't want, I want to feel better. I want to feel better, it never works. How many guys are like, I'm just going to feel better today. I'm going to treat myself. I'm to, it, it goes and then it dissipates. You eat all the chocolate cake and you're like, "Oh, I feel good," and then it's just—it's gone. That feeling comes back. It's like ten times more after that sugar high. You crash and you feel—I just feel bad. But you know what works every time? The Bible. Rejoice always and give thanks. It's not about thinking thankful. It's not thinking. You speak it out. I don't know if I'm talking to anybody, that's the desert. That's why the Israelites got trapped in the desert because their words were full of bitterness and complaining and an entitlement spirit that prevented them from going into abundance. Do you understand? That's why you got to be thankful and content in all circumstances because it's your preparation. God is changing your wants from the things of this world to him and his kingdom. That's what he's doing. So you no longer care about yourself. You're caring about his kingdom. That's what God is doing right now. If you're like, I don't have a house, I don't have this, thank God. You're not ready yet, but he's preparing you. You guys, you got to be thankful on all circumstances. Looking back, when I had a Pontiac Le Mans, 1980, car in high school. My dad, that's my dad's first car. And then he st- when I was 17, he says, time for a car. And I'm like, thank you, dad. It takes me so long from where I live to go to high school because he moved so far away. And I got to go to 6 a.m. basketball practice. And he said, it's time for you to get a car. And then he said, I'm going to the dealer. He went to the dealer. I was like, anticipating what car? This is so exciting. I said, any car, that, any car, is fine. And then he came in with a, like an oldsmobile. I, oh, it's not the car I wanted, but it's okay. It's okay. It's my car. And he said, and I went in. He's like, Dad, this is my car. He said, no, that's not your car. That's my car. He <laughs> said, I bought myself a new car. <laughs> I said, wh- wh- what's my car? He goes, no, the old one. That's your car. I said, but, Dad, it has 200,000 kilometers on it. He goes, it's still got some. <laughs> and, Dad... The windows don't roll down in the back. <laughs> he did that because he thought I was gonna roll open the windows and jump out of the car. That's what he thought. <laughs> no, he actually bought the car without the rolling function because <laughs> I was trapped in the back seat. <sighs> I can't breathe because he's so neurotic and worried. I had a little window at the crack that cracked open like this. So hot days i like <gasps> breathing in the air. I had that car. But you know what? I was thankful for that car. Because at least I had a car. And when the baseball team, in the summertime, when we were going playing games, who, who do they want to come into? Whose car? They all had to take the subway, but they were all like, Steve's got a car. And I said, You got to sit in the back where the windows don't open. <laughs> they all squeezed in there, six of them, like, oh, 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 It's so hot in here. <laughs> Shut up. You have AC? No, I don't. Be thankful <laughs> that you even have a car, dude. Or you'd be riding the bus like those second string guys. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? I'm thankful looking back. I'm thankful. I'm thankful. When I was immature, I complained about it. But looking back, I'm like, I should have been thankful for every single situation I was in. Because I was preserved. I had everything I needed. Never in want. In my all of my life, I was never in want. Even in Korea, when my dad was relatively poor, sent me to the farm to work in the farm, planting rice rice on the rice paddies, never in want. When my aunt would bring like a bucket during lunchtime, and then all the food that we had was lettuce, rice, some kimchi, and a little bit of gochujang, Korean hot sauce. That's the best thing I ever ate is I worked so hard and I was so hungry. Do you understand? Looking back, I still grew pretty big. I wasn't malnourished. Do you understand the words coming out of my mouth? This is supposed to change your, this is going to change your life and just get rid of that greed. Expose, I'm trying to expose it in your life right now. This is the cleansing. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks in what? All circumstances. Does it say some? Does it say some circumstances? It's okay not to be thankful. No, do you guys, can I read this again? Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances but asterisks. There are certain circumstances where you don't have to rejoice as loud and you can stop praying and you cannot be as thankful because their circumstances are like really bad. Come on, man. It does not say that. For this is what? The will of God. It's not just a suggestion. It's saying God is saying, this is my command. And it says, verse 19, do not quench the spirit. Do not quench it. The moment you stop doing that, you're outside God's holy presence. The moment you stop rejoicing and being thankful, you're outside the presence of God. That's maturity. It's okay if you can't do that right now, but you gotta work. You gotta build that muscle. I feel terrible right now. Instead of succumbing and going to your bed, I feel like I don't want to go to church today. I just feel bad. Yes, that's okay because you know you're growing and you're growing. But you can't you have to know that is not the will of God for your life. It's like I don't feel like doing I'm tired. I was really tired coming to church today. I had low energy. During prayer time, I'm like, I'm sitting down. I'm just like, and then Aria played like this soaking music. It made me sleep. I'm tired. I'm just like, God bless her soul. I'm just tired worshiping. I'm just, and then Elsie said, You're going to like this song. I said, Really? I'm going to like this song? Okay. And I was like, People are not even here. I'm just by myself. And then I started singing. I just kept. Did you hear how loud I was singing? You could hear because my, I'm tone deaf. You're like Steve singing, oh my god, tell him to be quiet. And I was singing loud. Why? Because I'm spiritual? Because I was feeling tired. You guys get it? Because I was feeling that I did the very opposite. All my all your promises are yes and amen. Why am I yelling more during my sermon today? Because I'm tired. Do you understand? Because I'm struggling, so I'm struggling, I'm gonna, yes and amen, and I'm preaching, and I don't know if people are listening to me, they're fidgeting, I'll, you know what? I'm gonna just shout even more. Do you understand? That's my fight. And if you wanna be part of this church and under my leadership, and you wanna be a leader in this church, and what would what Steve do. <laughs> and that's very biblical. Paul said, if you don't know f- how to follow God and you don't have a moral model, he said, follow me. What would I do? What would Steve do in this moment? I don't know, sometimes I'm confused. <laughs> I feel like just, rise up! <laughs> what would Steve do in this moment? I don't feel like, to... oh! <laughs> No you don't, devil! Amen? Amen? That's that's me. I'm sorry for yelling a lot today. Can we all stand? Good. I'm sorry for yelling a lot today, but it's because <laughs> my feelings were overwhelming me today. Amen? Amen? So can we just do this right now? Just You know why I make you We're going to end with this, and I'm going to finish talking. You know, you know why I make you do this? Because communication cannot happen with just your, your mouth. You just say, when I tell my wife, I love you, I love you, it's not the same effect as, I love you, woman. You're the one for me. You know, so when I like, look at my wife, and I, sometimes I look at her with the eyes of like, you know, I just to muster up all the love I can. I mean, I am so blessed because you're my wife. And she's like, you know, she's like, she always goes, thanks. Because I do it every day. Like, you are the one for me. Thank God you, may- you're so beautiful. Man, I'm so blessed. And she's like, she's always like, Thanks. That's our relationship. You understand? It's, it's I do it, and I literally do it in the shower or when I'm praying sometimes. I just feel tired, and I just go, God is faithful, man. And I just say, devil, get out of my life, man. And open the window and just get out of my house, man. <laughs> get out of my mind. Get out and I put on some worship music and all oh, your promises are yes and ink. man. And I feel so good after that. And I'm like, I'm done. Woo, I feel good. All the depression feelings just left me. Hey, Amen, can we do that? You guys are like, what do you want me to do? <laughs> Jeremy did it. <laughs> Show us, Karen. What, what did he say? Did you say? What did he say to her? I love you, woman. All right. If you want to grab the hand of the, somebody next to you or put the hand on the shoulder of somebody next to you. Just thank you, God. We love you, Lord. All your promises are yes and amen. And if we don't have them yet, it mean, doesn't mean that the promises are negated. It means it's on delay, it's on lay hold, layover. And it's, it's going to come. It's on the shelf. You're yeah. just preparing our hearts. Prepare our hearts for abundance. May we truly be content. Get rid of. Coveting and greed in our lives, which is the sickness of our soul, and the sickness of this world. We give you all the glory, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right.